0: I got him. Hey. I've been on. Uh. I've been on the spiritual cleanse lately. Can't tell the masses, cause the masses think you crazy. They shady. Don't come around me trying to play me. Cause I am nothing sweet. Don't compare me to Sadie. The difference when you elevate your thinking. You knew better, you do better. This ship is never sinking. I'm always on the rise. The first step is believing. Then I execute the plan with the power of my breathing. Please brain the mindset from all of your achievements. God gave me power, that's like even more the reason. Plenty late nights, early mornings in this season. I be stressed by noon, so I meditate in the evening. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Yeah. My God, where do I find the monsters like mine?s You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover for whatever you've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. My God, where do I find the monsters like mine?s You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover for whatever you've been going through. Been, through. been going through. Been through. What you going through?
1: Going what's up everybody we're back minds like minds podcast here to uh talk what we talk you know uh, i'm really excited because i get to share the microphone platform share the podcast with uh, someone who i feel has a mind like mine and that is philip james good friend of mine man how's it going philip
2: man it's going wonderful man it's incredible feeling being over here just in the essence of what we about to create right
1: now (laughs) for sure for sure and we're we're live on facebook as well if you're in the minds like minds podcast group you can watch uh the podcast and interact as well if you have any questions throughout the show for myself or philip feel free to type it in and and i'll do my best to, to relay the information but look here we go um, we're going to put Philip through the seven pillars of conversation, uh, to get his, uh, thoughts on things throughout society to really get to know him. And then we're going to get into some of, uh, his business, uh, info and aspirations as well, but can't start off without giving a shout out to dead by design films, who is the, uh, brand ambassador for the show. Any film service, video service you need, go to dead by And, um, I want to say, first off, thank you all once again, for all the love you guys have been sharing, all the reviews you guys have been given on Apple podcast means a lot because the more, uh, reviews we get, the more, uh, good ratings we get, the more exposure the show gets, and then we could do more things. We can have more guests. We can have more interactivity, uh, with the show. So thank you for all the love shares, tweets, uh, uh, likes all that good stuff so really appreciate that and um you know make sure you follow the show share it and all that good stuff uh, we do have a facebook page minds like minds podcast facebook page um and as well as a minds like minds podcast group like i said but uh look we got uh, tim osman who just joined what's going on tim i uh, hope all is well with you but we got to talk. Let's talk to old Philip James. Let's let's let, let, let's 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 get this bad boy going a little bit, man. Um, You know, when I thought about putting you through the seven pillars um, of conversation, you know, I kind of I kind of wanted to tailor it, you know, a specific way not to, to kind of alienate you by any means. But I didn't want to ask you broad questions, man, because you are a very thorough individual and um i know that if i just asked you some real random question oh how, well, how do you feel about society you could go about a million different ways on that <laughs> <laughs> so um i wanted to tailor it more towards you and, and i want to start with something fun man okay and, and start I like up, fun. yeah start you up with something easy man do i like you, fun I, yeah do you still go to the movies
2: do I still go to the movies? Probably not as often as I did as a kid. Um, you know, R.I.P. John Witherspoon. Oh, yes, man. Oh, man. the last, One of the most memorable movies experiences I have of all time. 1990 in the theater watching Boomerang. Oh, man. Watching Boomerang when Eddie was trying to get Halle Berry back and I just bust out in the middle of the theater. I'm like, oh, He going to end up crying before it's over. (laughs) And everybody starts cracking up, laughing. But, you know, all I got to say in honor of my man, John Witherspoon, is you just can't stop at the mushroom shirt, the mushroom (laughs) belt, the mushroom lining, man.
1: Gerard, Gerard, do you know your dad got mushrooms on the inside of his coat?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Marcus, I think my parents... your bathroom oh, you, you can
1: cuss on here bro you can cuss <laughs> on here you good <laughs> <sighs> now he's um i'm glad you brought him up man yeah rest in peace john witherspoon funny dude funny yeah.
2: boondocks oh my god uh, friday friday wans oh man immensely talented man Will be
1: sorely missed. You know, oh. I got the opportunity to see him do stand up live, and I and I didn't realize he did stand up, mm. and um, he was fantastic. And and on top of that, he can sing. I don't mm. know if people knew that out there, but he's a like a, a great singer. He's singing as a part of his comedy act, and it was fantastic, man. So rest in peace to him. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I think a boomerang. That's the first one I always think. Bang!
0: Of bang, bang! 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 Yeah, that's, that's where it <laughs>
1: originated, man. <laughs> Oh man, but okay, so so not you said not you don't uh you haven't been to the movies in, in a while. Well Or we'll not say, as often you said.
2: Yeah, I, we we don't go as often, but the last seems like most of the time that we've gone lately has been to see Avengers movies. Okay. You know, that 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 whole universe thing and so it's been entertaining, but you know, I mean we doing the the fatherhood hustle over here, man. So you know, <laughs> I between know how that goes. Uh, bringing home the bacon and right. taking people to soccer practice and right. all this other stuff, man. You know, it's. I mean, it ain't easy being cheesy, baby.
1: Right. You know, I, I'm a bad host that I am. Number one, I never, I never, seem to introduce myself for anyone who hasn't listened to the show. Um, I go by RL Melpica. That's me, right? And and I have my guest Philip James here, and I didn't even introduce what he does. Uh, he's actually a virtual controller CFO consultant aimed at assisting budding enterprises in the cannabis industry so all my cannabis fans out there and i'm not talking about the rapper um (laughs) that's what he does and we're gonna get to we're gonna get into all of that but me being the bad host some of your listeners are
2: old enough to to know that he was a rapper (laughs) like that was what 20 something years ago now
1: believe it or not he's still rapping Oh, not good. not rapping with the same ferocity, but he's still rapping. Okay. But um, anyways, uh, okay, so yeah, I know how that goes with the with the movie theater. See my my wife, yeah, I, I went and and used some of my funds that I've earned to build myself a media room, which we are in at the moment. Mm. And um, since I have built this media room, my wife was very quick to tell me that, uh, now nah, we're not going to the theater anymore. You don't need to, man. <laughs> All your theater days are right here. At least, I mean, you can hear the movie.
2: Uh, There's never a line for popcorn and you can pause it.
1: Um, So what do you think about just the movie, the movies these days? Now you've been around for a little bit, you know what Uh, I'm saying?
2: I think the movies these days uh, are kind of interesting in some of the stories, I think that are being told with some different perspectives Uh, definitely, um, as our society, I guess, has evolved that, uh, you get to hear, um, different sides of story from people in marginalized groups. Uh, I think we get the, I think the thing with Black Panther having the black protagonist. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I mean, yeah. it was phenomenal. Great right? Movie. I mean, and look at how that has inspired people and not just, um, not just the Black Panther, but I think, I mean, uh, the, who, uh, the Dora Milaje. I mean, just seeing those women that I are mean, powerful, but at the same time, beautiful, intelligent. I mean, you saw... I think in that movie, um, again, something that I don't think that you often see uh, in the wider culture, Mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing stereotypical about that. Uh, Love Get Out. Yeah. yeah. You know, scratching my head. I'm just like, how can they make this into what everybody is talking about? But that was fantastic. Jordan Peele's doing his thing, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Different, uh, just kind of a different spin. Uh, what other, uh, kind of movies that are telling different stories. And then there are some that I haven't seen that were critically acclaimed, uh, that, you know, kind of highlighted, you know, other, you know, stories from, from protagonists that probably wouldn't have been featured in the past. I think Moonlight was one that, you know, the uh, Mahershala Ali. Yes. A lot yes. Of awards mm-hmm. and, be- and
1: beautifully there. shot movie, man. That's yeah. just a beautifully shot movie.
2: Hadn't seen it, but I have seen his work in some other things. Oh, so he's fantastic. I would imagine that if he was in that, that's, yeah, that's he's gotta fantastic. A I got to check out. So
1: yes, yes. Real quick. Um, Tim, thank you for the comment about uh, sharing the, the live. Um, but we try to keep the lives within the group, so that's why I say anyone out there who is a podcast listener, join the group, and you'll be able to see the um, the live show as well. Um, streaming or physical? Are you do you like do you like to stream stream movies, or do you are you old school like me and like Blu-rays?
2: You know what? I think I'm with this new thing, right? Like <laughs> I, you know.
1: You got I'm a me? dying breed, man. I know. Yeah. It. <laughs> I mean, but that,
2: but you know what? I think that's the thing. You as an artist, you would naturally have more of an appreciation for the medium. Right. In which the, the product was delivered. For sure. Clearly, I'm just a consumer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So for the low, low price, uh, 16 sixteen ninety five, basically right. what we would pay for one CD back in the day, right? Right. Like, we can have every CD, but yeah. the trick is, unlike BMG with their three CDs for a penny, you just got to buy a CD every month, basically. Yeah, basically. It's kind of how they have it set up. Yeah,
1: so. my my only thing with that is because you know my wife says the same thing. Um, and when when I have three 4K Blu-rays that come in the mail, you know from Amazon, and each are like twenty five bucks a piece, my thing is this: like, yeah, there are streaming platforms. But those movies aren't always going to be on that streaming platform. Like, if it's 20 years from now, and, I don't know, you want to watch Goodfellas, and it ain't on a streaming platform, what are you going to do? I mean, it's going to be hard to go find it somewhere. They might not even make might not even make it anymore. So, to me, they're like collector's items, not to mention Definitely. they are better quality. Definitely. But that's and, another discussion.
2: <laughs> and if you decide to be a core cutter, I mean, you ain't cutting your groove. I mean, you oh, still- yeah you still got your entertainment
1: (laughs) (laughs) for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, let's take it to a more serious note. What are your thoughts on the lack of, well, I know you brought up black Panther, Mm -hmm. but that's a Mm one-off, but, uh, what are your thoughts on the lack of urban, urban diversity in film? Because the numbers are still pretty staggering. Uh, when you look at the differences between uh, showing women, women versus men, mm-hmm. um, white versus non-white mm-hmm. uh, in, in major you know directing roles, acting roles, mm-hmm. producing roles.
2: I mean, the fact of the matter is I feel like the power structure, if they are not invested in maintaining the status quo, then they will eventually see their power. And who wants to do that? The fact of the matter is, even when, you know, that I just kind of feel like the way things have changed in this country, there's been a lot that has been changed for good. Right. But then there are other things that, you know, have kind of stayed the same, but we just kind of call it something else. And so I think with, in terms of representation, there's still something to the fact that seeing is believing and not showing the full range of experiences of what everybody in this country is doing, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody. I mean, back to the movie thing, I I hate it. I haven't seen it yet, but Crazy Rich Asians is another one. Right,
1: right. It's a good movie yeah
2: I mean I I hadn't seen it but again as long as we've been making films how many times have you featured that group and it wasn't like a (laughs) kung fu movie or you know something (laughs) stereotypical like you know you showing them uh, having a different experience in a
1: regular element yeah Yeah. and so
2: the thing is if you know without the advantage of you know statute putting you in your place right? and you can do anything that you want to do now your competition. So instead of just saying I'm openly competing with you, I'll just use the Jedi mind trick, you know, so we'll just omit and forget things and, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of do some, do some things, basically throw rocks and hide your hands. So, you know, what inspiration would, like, I think about our generation. Mm-hmm. What would it have done for you as a kid, right, when, in our history books, they weren't indentured servants, they were slaves. Right. You saw lynchings, you saw pictures of the clint, you saw all that in the history book. We didn't try to sugarcoat it. Right. What if you would have knew about Katherine Johnson and, and the hidden figures when you were a kid? Shit. What if... What if you would have known about a lot of these other people that we're just now hearing about the fact that everybody contributed to getting us to the red zone, but we only hear about the person that got the ball across the line and who's coach going to call the play for.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
2: So you're only, you're seeing what you're seeing for a reason. Oh yeah. Because Seeing is believing, and if I and if we're i I still think on some level there is some there is some type of competition, especially you know, given the political climate i mean yeah, so that I mean that's just kind of where I'm at with it um I just feel like the lack of diversity is to maintain a certain status quo so You know, I won't necessarily say on the level of psychological warfare, but I will say I think a lot of this stuff is intentional.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. Conditioning, man. Uh, yes. Definite conditioning.
2: Classical and operant. <laughs>
1: uh, Tim Eisman, uh chimes in. He's watching live right now. He said, it's definitely going to take time. The corporations are run by old white men and they have to make conscious efforts to go outside of what they've always known. It's getting better, but a culture shift always takes time.
2: I mean, what I think is going to make them have a conscious effort
1: is money, money yes.
2: <laughs> and I will tell you as a CPA I mean some of the things that I've heard at companies as an accountant and just being in business you know I mean everything is all about money and I really I really hope that this generation I think could maybe start a little bit of a decentralization of you know, some of this mass consumption of, of things that are, you know, run by corporations to build up independent podcasts like yours, to support independent filmmakers mm-hmm. like you who have projects that again, to where now you're going to see that it's ludicrous for you to think that this thing isn't going to make money because who's starring in it? I mean, how How many people watch the n f l How many people watch the n b a How many people watch entertainment is entertainment is entertainment for sure and and just the nonsense of who can carry a box office or who can carry an audience, especially when you hear the things about under the underhanded things that happen in Hollywood who's not supported you know who has the power that they use against people and everything else so I mean there's just kind of a lot that goes on that I just kind of feel like. You know, let's support small and independent things because
1: nowadays,
2: man, the amount of choice we have—oh,
1: it's unreal—is
2: ridiculous. I mean, mean, with the
1: ability to do things like this, make your own entertainment. Exactly, make your own entertainment. All the resources are there.
2: Would have thought that I would have grew up, and it's just like, well, my neighbor just makes his own show.
1: (laughs) Come on over, and we'll record it. Who knew? For sure, for sure. You and know, I'll say this too, uh, just speaking upon film and, and what you brought up, um, you know, film festivals, even the the, the the biggest film festivals, the major film festivals, you know, sh- used to showcase true independent filmmakers, true art, yeah. Right now, you go to a film fest like let's say Sundance or uh, Tribeca or Cannes or something like that, and the main thing, the main movies are featuring are movies starring Robert De Niro or starring The Rock. Those aren't independent films. I mean, if you've got a if you've got probably probably what most would say is one of the greatest actors of all time in it or the highest paid actor in the world right now in your movie, that's not true independent filmmaking. And and at the end of the day it comes down to what? Look, Sundance has to make money too. Tribeca I mean, has to make money too.
2: Money has bastardized critical and independent thought. Yeah. Because you know what? The level of consumerism that we're forced to participate in, for the most part, keeping up with the Joneses, unless you're just a strong world person, it's going to take most of everything you have to go to work, to think of things, that side hustles and, and everything else. Cause I got to get money. I got to buy this. I got to be seen. I got to go here. I got to go there. Right. Versus I mean, it's crazy that I think to myself that some of the best times I had in life were when I had the least amount of money.
1: Oh yeah, money is a facade, I mean, man.
2: It's crazy. It's but a facade. I think to your point about the the film festivals, I mean, that that's I mean, look at my money. I got the rock, I got Robert De Niro like how come we can't use those times as opportunities to seriously focus on finding the next
1: right and that's what it used to be
2: yeah i mean let's look let, i mean cause, yeah i mean i could just go on i mean because at times i mean maybe i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth with some of the points that i have but i do I mean, that's the beauty I, of this podcast yeah. I mean, we're talking we're having I mean, a conversation
1: you know this isn't there's no script you had no idea what uh, i was going to bring up today
2: so. i mean i do long for a certain type of nostalgia yeah sometimes but then you know that's tempered with the fact that you know you see the world totally different as a child than what you do oh as yeah an adult for so. sure
1: yeah i uh, just want to say what's up to darko who joined darko Josipovich who joined uh the the show as well as frank rashad uh world renowned mc frank rashad's on 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 the um uh, watching as well for all the you who don't know and heard the intro to the show he's the one who actually recorded the intro um minds like minds so um appreciate you jumping on frank um Let's move on, man. So that's that. That was kind of film. That was the film pillar okay, we yeah, talked about. Let's yeah. jump into uh, music. I know you're a music fan. You Aww, sent you sent man. me a couple a couple yeah. nice little tracks, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what are your thoughts on the state of music today?
2: Um, kind of what I have come to believe again. Uh, with the level of choice, uh, you can't necessarily complain too much about, you know, the radio and all that other stuff because you do have the option to stream or whatever. But with that being said, yeah, I mean, here's probably one of those things, I guess, if somebody is logically following along our conversation that, I mean, as kids, what do we listen to? Me So Horny, <laughs> F the Police. I mean, Master P at one point in '98 on Ghetto Dope was talking about how to cook crack on the record. But it's just like this stuff nowadays. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, we had derelict stuff, but at least it sounded good. Like right, this, this right. sounds like trash. And everybody sounds like everybody else. That's rap, pop, rock. It don't matter. Yeah, it
1: goes across the board.
2: We used to tease my daughter, me and my wife, about, uh, because she loved, I don't know, Shawn Mendez, Charlie Puth, one of them. I mean.
1: They like the same person. (laughs) I mean,
2: you know, no no disrespect to either artist, but, you know, vocally, as I'm trying to get from here to there... uh, Oh, that was two different people? (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you say so, like, you know, I'm not a tween, so it has a different level of importance to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hip-hop in particular, Um, just, uh, and I put that as a note to specifically talk about hip-hop because hip-hop has always been, obviously, a more verbal um, type of music, Mm -hmm. uh, a more Mm -hmm. influential Mm -hmm. type of music. Um, and you brought up Master P and in, 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 in the '90s, in addition right. to a bunch of others, yeah. you know, from from My from gang violence, and, you know, all, all that, yeah. Di- yeah, different flavors of, of, of what you want of street life, right? Yeah, I mean, but today, today is different, you know. I see the meme always pops up, you know. in, yeah. in, in the '90s, we listened to the drug sellers. Now mm-hmm. we're listening to the drug users. You know what I'm Basically, saying? Basically, yeah which has a lot of truth to it you know what I mean I do
2: believe yeah I mean just a lost generation and I just kind of feel like a lot of those themes and trends you know like I don't necessarily think that we have to have music that's along the lines of what we have I mean even with the ability to create your own music and get whatever you want sound out there, there are still gatekeepers. And I just believe the gatekeepers have the agenda because do you really have to say that the songs about, you know, um, that I can't really think of anything in particular that's just kind of coming to my mind. It's just really, really horrible. But I mean, you can make songs about whatever you want to. like think about okay let's think about radio in 1991 okay compared to now
1: radio in 1991 <laughs> so what's so what's so what's the scenario here we go yo here we go <laughs> yo and then you know uh two years
2: later you would get we on a wall tour, tour with yeah. my like, like, husband yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah or just another case of that old (laughs) so you had leaders of the new school uh, you had uh,
1: yeah the native tongue movement yeah native Uh,
2: tongue movement I'm trying to think uh, my people in in Atlanta Arrested Development oh yeah yeah yeah. you had NWA you had uh, Nas you had yeah Scarface down south Scarface repping down south
1: Luke the booty music in Miami I mean you
2: had I feel like you had more of a
1: yeah diversity a, in each in each in each area yeah yeah but i don't and now don't, you you can't even you'll hear a rapper from new york and you can't tell if he's from new york or if he's from i don't know yeah galveston you know what i'm saying basically or, you yeah. know what I mean? Or, I
2: mean it's almost like positionless basketball
1: right a little bit a little bit, <laughs> little bit. Now i gotta give a you know what it's cool because we have actually two um two very dope uh artists slash groups that actually listen to the show uh shout out to uh music very dope artists taking it back you know real real good spitters good good substance in their rhymes and frank rashad of course like i mentioned earlier incredible mc as well so shout out to y'all and any other you guys really doing the real the real music that we all grew up on because there's there's still uh, you know some of you guys still exist so we got to give y'all a shout out for sure um no, man, I agree. You know, the last thing I'm going to uh, I'll bring up on the mu- on the music aspect is and you brought this up yourself about your daughter mm-hmm. is like, how do you feel the influence of the music today? Ha- like, do you feel like it has an influence on your kids specifically?
2: Uh, No, not really, because we specifically limit what they listen to. OK. And when they ride with daddy nine times out of 10, they gonna hear something from the 60s. <laughs> 70s 80s right 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 basically i want them to especially with the older music to learn to actually appreciate musicianship yes instrumentation arrangement vocal variety i mean all the things that music used beauty to be of music yep. before people was like, you know what, this is how we gonna make money. And there are a lot of times, uh, you know, we'll listen to instrumentals. Like we'll, we'll listen to music without words. And they're like, well, why? Well, why? cause I don't want to listen to somebody's lies today <laughs> because most of the stuff nowadays is people, it's just like, are you serious? I mean, if you were really a dope dealer murdering people, I mean, this is your confession. Like <laughs> you just you just snitched on yourself.
1: Right, right, right. So
2: you know, uh, I I think you know um, li- having them listen to like I'm trying to give them a, a for real music history. So we listen to Carlos Santana, we listen to War. We listen to Gato Barbieri. We listen to Maze of Frankie Beverly, Stevie Wonder, um, the Gap Band. Uh, who else? Luther Vandross. Uh, Big Luther, Little Luther. Both. Both. <laughs> both. The Temptations, The Deal, uh, and then even some, you know, some of the old school rap. LL Cool J, Run DMC. You know, uh, MC Light. You know, I mean, basically, I want them to understand that, <clears throat> you know, the further you get away from the original, like, it kind of gets a little watered down, but this is where it comes from. Like, a lot of the the beats and the breaks and everything comes from the music from the 60s and the 70s, right? I mean, James Brown, oh my God, it's ridiculous how many times he's been sampled and you know, you just go and you just listen to his his catalog of music, and you just hear how you know some of the some of the hardest it seems like rhymes in hip hop back in the golden age. Right, James Brown samples. Now I won't give away any jewels. I mean, not necessarily really an official crate digger, but I mean, if you
1: oh James's. I remember, I remember in mid 90s i think it was Mm -hmm. a too short record Mm -hmm. and uh no no it wasn't too short i think it was ant banks who was his producer (laughs) with danger with the dangerous crew right see i'm showing i'm showing my old school hip hop knowledge
2: (laughs) (laughs) and
1: he was just uh, it was him or short it was i can't remember uh the exact record but one of them was talking about how all you guys do is sample james brown like er like like, James is almost his entire catalog has been has been sampled.
2: I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and he's another, like, when I looked into the man's life, just so far as how pioneering he was in terms of owning radio stations and businesses and being a performer. And, yeah, you know, in light of our cancel culture, you know, you do have to shine the light on some of the not-so-good things that he's done. Right, but for sure. Just you know, just you know the good things where he was out in the spotlight, yeah, I mean, amazing talent, I mean, just just look at how many people that you liked mm-hmm. musically like him, it'll it'll blow oh your mind. He's, he's
1: top five performer all the time, you know for i mean no one no one took over stage like he did, I mean
2: right? again. I, I don't necessarily think he gets the love that MJ gets, but who did MJ model himself after?
1: Oh, yeah. Him and Prince. Both. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to a, uh, the third pillar, which is sports. What, mm-hmm. is your, what are your thoughts on sports intertwining with politics? Because that seems to be the new thing. Last probably five years. Eh,
2: I think it's new if people don't understand their history. But sports... Was always intertwined with politics from the time that my man Jesse Owens from the Ohio State University, O H, yeah, O-H. what was that? Uh, the nineteen thirty six Olympic Games in the Fuhrer's face master race. How about four gold medals, homeboy? Then uh, you take it from there to the you, 60s. Let me let me
1: catch up real quick because yeah. because you're we're we're gonna get into all get into that because you brought up some really good shit and Mm -hmm. that's why I'm excited to have you on because I knew Mm -hmm. you would um yes you're you're 100 correct I said within the past five years no, the politics has always been intertwined with it but it's been more scrutinized I shouldn't say scrutinized it's more in the public's face because of social media in the Mm -hmm. last five years Mm -hmm. um but keep going
2: yeah I mean and then I guess to kind of flip it to what you say I think The thing is, because, you know, it's always been a lever, right? That, you know, what's one of the things that you're not supposed to talk about at work besides how much you make, right? Mm -hmm. Politics, Politics, religion, religion, sex. And that's all we talk about here besides the sex part. (laughs) I mean, there's all these forbidden topics. Right, exactly. So, again, when you look at the fact, you know, and... You know, I don't bang blue or red, right? Right. Donkey or elephant, it don't, it don't matter to me. I believe our politicians are serving themselves. They're serving themselves. Nothing is getting done. And basically they got the American people set tripping with each other. All we talk about this Republican Democrat stuff, but these people are getting richer and you're getting poor. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And that's the thing, the whole divide and conquer strategy. Why is it that, you know, whenever the lawmakers talk about being affable and collegial and all the things that they need to be in Congress, supposedly, so that they can do their jobs. <sighs> I mean... The everyday man and woman on the street is whipped up into a frenzy, and we're we're doing all this stuff. But again, you know, we're not challenging them if we're fighting each other. And uh, you know, this is probably going off on a tangent. but oh, no, you're good. you know, before the show, you said that you're going to make sure we stay on track. <laughs> Don't you think it's funny that you know where we can all agree the collective of the the collective intelligence of the culture seems to have gone down a level. But yeah. what but what did we do with the money for education? We put it into military spending. Yep. Right? So we're not teaching kids to think critically. Education is a mess, and don't get me started on the history of why property taxes are used to fund education versus something that would be more equitable because, right. in my opinion, that punishes the son for the sins of the father. I can't help it, of what my dad did or his dad before him, but just because I'm poor as a kid doesn't mean, with the opportunity and the access for better, mm-hmm. that I can't do better i.e. better school, better learning environment, more rigorous curriculum, better long-term results. For sure. Right? Mm -hmm. So we don't, I mean, we don't, we don't do that. And so now when you look on TV, for the most part, what should be people engaged in at least logical, uh relatively calm I guess disagreements I mean it's one thing that you can you can have your opinion and I can have my opinion but the fact that now things are so polarized because these people take such extreme stances I'm just like how in the hell do we live in a world where we have people calling themselves Americans, wrapping themselves on the battle flag of defeated enemies. Nazis and Confederates are not Americans. Yeah. The way the alt-right white power racist element has kind of come in and uh, the things that people are trying to use policy for and it's disgusting. I, you know, the whole thing about the border stuff. Yeah. It's beyond ridiculous. I mean, you read the stories in the history books about what happened to black people in slavery. And then you hear that the U S government has separated a three-year-old from its parents and the three-year-old, has legal representation but has to mount her own how can a three year old (laughs) I mean yeah. and that's the thing Mm -hmm. like you if you have any more of I don't know what I'm trying to say I mean if certain people know that that makes you angry like somehow you're a bad person and it's like let's my question would be How has American foreign policy destabilized those places where those people are come from to make them think, you know what, if I can't be at home, I'm getting ready to go over there. How has us pimping the rest of the world to get our money? How has that created that situation where those people need to leave where they're from and come here? How come nobody asked that question? Mm-hmm. How come everybody's so concerned with, well, who's about to get ours? Yeah. Who's about, I mean, the, I guess, you know, that's where the expression possession is nine tenths of the law comes from. Cause even like the whole thing of our country. So basically, never mind the people that were already here that you gave disease blankets shot and put on reservations there's not enough of them to get pissed off about it, to do something about it. So we won. That's why this is our shit. Right. right basically. So, okay. I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, I, I don't know, like everything in this place is about one thing. It's about the money. We, we God is money, on the money. and power,
1: money and power. God
2: is on, we worship money and power. Yep. So the whole thing with politics, yes, it's ramped up on social media because that's where most people are. I remember in 2002 when I was in graduate school and I had a cell phone and I had a PDA. I had two separate devices Mm -hmm. right in 2002. And I remember at one point my professor who was some executive with IBM for like 25 years up to that point said that one day your phone is going to be I think at the time he called it an appliance (laughs) your phone is going to be this indispensable appliance that I'm just kind of like what like people at this point, you know, now you get like you get people to get the shakes if they put their phone down. Yes. For longer. I mean, so we
1: talked about on, on an earlier episode, there's actually a, a a mental health disorder called social media anxiety disorder. Yeah. It's an actual it's an actual thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then when you look at some of the studies where they talk about the likes and stuff like that yeah. are aimed at triggering things with your brain chemistry, the neurotransmitters and all this other stuff. I mean, you know, you got people that spend their life right with these subjects on how to influence behavior oh, how yeah. To, how to how to persuade. And I mean, so
1: the fact the reason they have a scroll is because it's never ending. Yeah, basically. You know, when it's I mean, like, psychologically fucks with your head.
2: I mean, it's hard to get off. Right. Sometimes. I mean, it's just whether it's, even if it's, and to me, it seems like the worst is when I'm like that person that picks the scab. The thing that pisses me off the most that I should just set it down, I just keep looking at more and more. <laughs> right, and more. right, right, right. Matter. Go deeper in the wormhole. And yeah. matter. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing because, like I say, if we're fighting each other, we're not fighting them. Yeah. And I think the fact that the well over your eyes, man. Yeah, I mean, you cannot deny the fact of this. I feel like this presidency and this administration is almost like, you know, um, because I remember in one of my earlier psychology classes where they talked about how pickpockets and stuff work, right? In the sense that you know they stimulate you in one area where you're distracted or whatever. And then, you know, the trick comes because you can't pay attention to two things at one time. So again, the outlandish, uh, just, uh, I mean, that's all I want to say. Just kind of in description of, of the behavior. Yeah. Because we all know it's not right. 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 But we're so busy. Like, I mean,
1: we act like this fool invented racism. Racism. Racism been around. I mean, well, I brought the, I, I, I brought this up many times and yeah. I asked you the same thing. Would mm-hmm. you rather like, cause what I feel with this administration and, and this is perfect. Cause the next topic was going to be politics anyway. So mm-hmm. sports politics, we'll get back to one more thing in sports, but mm-hmm. since we're on politics right now in this uh, specific era, uh presidency, mm-hmm. um, He's pretty much like opened the doors for anyone who is a bigot or racist or Mm -hmm. discriminatory to come out and show themselves. Would you rather know where the snakes are or not know? Would you rather know who's racist and discriminatory or would you rather not know?
2: I mean, I think we always have known. I mean, the fact of the matter is... You know, but I
1: think he's. The, I think it's brought out more. Like you might have been on the fence about a few, and now they're just okay. I had an idea, yeah. But now I know.
2: I mean, but that's the thing. I think his campaign promise was in making America great again. I'm going to give you your grandfather's America when your whiteness meant a certain amount of power.
1: Ooh, okay,
2: that's why you see ordinary citizens who should just be minding their own goddamn business, calling the cops on people, doing shit that, I mean, sleeping in a dorm room, having a barbecue, selling water, right? right? I mean, the fact of the matter is, I read this book by, and I didn't finish it. I hate that I didn't finish it, but it is a great book. Ibrahim X. Kendi, I guess if you, I mean, it's, it's a, It's a huge, it's like 600 pages. Oh, shit. Right? So, (laughs) I mean, it's a serious
1: read. A light read.
2: (laughs) Yeah, where he breaks down the origin of racist ideas in America and the stuff that the brother puts out there is, I mean, it'll blow your mind. And I'm telling you, reading the parts of his book that I did, has taken my thoughts and feelings just about racist and racism to a whole nother level. I'm gonna have to borrow that, this
1: book, man. I wanna I wanna read it. That
2: it's just kinda like, you know what, just don't even take it personally. Right. Because I I don't I don't necessarily think that he spells it out specifically in the book. Right. But what I took from the information that he provided is that racism Is the devil's bargain rich white people made with poor white people? You won't be the lowest because you'll always have them to be better than. Wow, that's deep. And, you know, I remember in Mississippi Bernie when Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe were riding in the car and Gene Hackman was telling the story about the mule. Of the black neighbors and, you know, the the guy does better than Gene Hackman's dad. And then the mule turns up dead and then the family moves and it's just like, well, what happens? And the daddy's words to his son, if you're not better than one of them, then who are you better than? Mm-hmm. And I just think that attitude, you know, you can't, you can't say Go back to Africa and all the other stuff that said to us when you don't want to acknowledge, I don't know, Black Wall Street, Tulsa race riots. You don't want to acknowledge the East St. Louis race riots. Here were situations where my group was pretty much minding their own business. You know, somebody felt some type of way. So then that was justification to take a sledgehammer to, I mean, you know, I mean, and then just the, just the whole thing with this year, you know, going back and, uh, you know, 2019 is a crazy year because it's the hundred year anniversary of world war one ending. But that summer, they called it red summer because just the whole thing of racial violence across the country, uh, in Chicago, there was a, a kid that he, unfortunately, made it to the wrong, he ended up on the wrong beach, or he swam on the, black kid swam on the white side, something he shouldn't have done. Rocks were thrown, he drowned, people found out about it, and, you know, like, it became something. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, um, mm, Yeah, I mean, in this country, it's always been there. Like, I feel like as a minority person, it's no sense in trying to educate people who want to remain willfully ignorant. But the bottom line of all this shit is, you know, these other races are supposed to be here for the benefit of who the Americans are. Right. Right, right. Because what's typical girl or boy next door? Brunette. Or blonde and this and that not kinky hair or
1: olive skin or right. not you and I yeah I mean you're
2: you're not the face of the franchise right right, right. like
1: you, we're way at the end of the bench
2: yeah I mean you're one of the people like you're one of the scout team guys I mean, yeah, hey, practice thanks,
1: practice squad right thanks for giving
2: us a good look right, right? but for the most part I mean yeah i mean so that's the thing i mean and then you know with all this controversy you know sports and uh politics okay all the controversy about why he's kneeling and this and that and then disrespecting the soldiers and this and that well can we can we answer why in previous generations angry white mobs were photographed lynching, returning black U S soldiers in their uniform Mm. in their uniform. They just got done fighting for you, Hitler Mussolini. Then they didn't come back home. Boy, you know, you can't sit at the hamburger counter. I mean, and so that's the thing I get it. You know, bringing up old stuff. You don't want to hear about it. You were never owned by anybody. I never owned a person. Let's not right. talk about it. But the remnants are there. The fact of the yes. matter is, uh, I think the timeline in this country is pretty pretty specific, right? So uh, 18, well, I don't know all the dates, but sometime, I guess, 16, 1700s, where you see the black codes of where now, you know, we're going to start to formalize you know, slavery as an institution here. And so, you know, we were in bondage, and then 1865, well, you know, we fought a war for your independence, but really, it was about industrialism. Mm. Large industrialism in the North versus the agrarian, the cotton producers in the South. And as you can see, the machines in the North won, right? right? So, Now we have uh, 1865 to 1877, the Reconstruction period. Then I want to say, what is Andrew Jackson or Taft or one of those presidents? It's just like the Southerners were like, oh, my God, it's just so hard for us to do what we need to do with these federal troops down here, making us be fair. We need to be able to abuse these people. So... (laughs) reconstruction i
1: hate to to laugh
2: reconstruction ends right and so now we're in the jumping jim crow era right where we need to where we need to learn to be a credit to our race and jackie robinson and jesse owens Mm. and all these people who had to overcome and this and that right but you know Cat was out of the bag. Okay. We needed you in World War II. You had to fight. You had some skills. So then the generation that came after those World War II veterans, those people that would come of age in the 60s, mm-hmm. that would act up and just kind of not take it anymore. Then, right? you have,
1: then you have Muhammad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Muhammad Ali. So, yeah, we'll throw you guys a bone. And now we'll have the Civil Rights Act of. Uh, 1964 which really isn't even a law it's not set in stone it comes up every so often we have to take a vote on it but it's like you know all the things that we did to you before we're sorry we take all that shit back so now we're gonna let you fully participate and you guys can live where you want You can do whatever job you, 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 you're just like us now. Mm -hmm. You're just like us. And so with that, okay, so now, okay, yay, we're all equal. But, you know, people still ain't getting hired, still can't get jobs. Because, again, you live on the poor side of town, substandard schools, bad education. Uh, Then what happens. Hold
1: on real quick to jump in there. A big part of that, too, was redlining. On the real estate aspect, you know, yeah. you know where, you know, people of color weren't able to get to live in the I same mean, neighborhoods as everyone else.
2: I have seen the, uh, which is
1: basically segregation yeah. in a in a in a formalized way.
2: I mean, and I think that's the great thing about all this. It's a legal record, so you could go back and look at property transfers that mm-hmm. happen in. I, I want to say maybe like the the. Forties or something like that, because I think after the New Deal, fair housing practices and all that other stuff, and look at some of those restrictive covenants. It's in the four corners of the document, Right. Caucasian right. only. But we're playing the race cards.
1: I was, <laughs> um, you know, I've been in, I've been in, in in mortgage, you know, for a long time, and I remember reading a specific. Um, what's it called? A commoners, uh long story short, uh Homeowners Association documents, CCR basically. Yeah. Um, and and literally, I'm reading some in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. you know, that probably hadn't been hasn't been rewritten since maybe 1960 or something, where it specifically says not since you weren't allowed to be racist anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Where it specifically says in those documents that I'm reviewing that I that that I'm reviewing in, you know, within this decade, (laughs) stating that no person of color is allowed on the grounds of that association yeah and in me as a person of color yeah having to look at that and actually take that into account in my decision yeah. for a in a mortgage yeah. is just mind-blowing to me like people don't realize that you know it's not that long ago i mean i know it seems yeah. in 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 theory that it's a long time but it's really not i mean it's maybe. Not, it's not even a gen really more than two generations ago. If you really look at it, that's
2: the thing, though. It never goes away. No, it's still there, it's still lingering. It only morphs and changes into something else because just a different alias. Now, I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) (laughs) um. Let's 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 keep it moving, because, um, I mean, we pretty much knocked out sports and politics with that one. Awesome. And a little bit of social, which was the next pillar. Yeah, But I did want to get your um, because this ties right into it. I wanted Mm -hmm. to get your thoughts on the Amber Geiger uh, um, conviction and the Tatiana Jefferson murder that recently happened, both in the Dallas area. Do you need some context?
2: No, I don't need context. I mean, I am going to do the best I can to be as restrained as I can. Because, nah, man. Um, this, is my, this is a podcast. Not, you don't have not, to be restrained, I mean, but man. I don't know who's listening. And again, when you make stuff. <laughs> it's out there forever.
1: I real, think real, I real quick before oh, you sorry. get to that. No, you're good, man. You're good. Shout out to Seth Taylor who joined the show. Joseph Mooney. Uh, appreciate y'all jumping on as well. I know, Tim, you had some comments, man. I'll get to those in a little bit. But continue.
2: I think for a semi kind of conservative person as a CPA, I mean I don't want to take Okay, I got you. Too much of a stance, but I mean, you know, you tell me, right? What the situation would have been if the roles would have been reversed? Do you think he gets to make that kind of mistake and still get a prison sentence that will allow him to be released and start a family and have his genes pass to the next generation, right. And see baby's first steps and, you know, first teeth and all. I mean, again, being, uh, there for his nieces and nephews and cousins. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. the, I mean, I just think that, You know, funny story. So when I think about Amber Geiger and both of them, John, I think to myself, we have kind of insulated ourselves from really having the proper reaction to this event, right? Because of our culture, right? And do you know what story I'm thinking of? Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> I was completely way off. I was if, gonna try to
1: contribute, but if I was way you
2: off. <laughs> don't follow me, okay, listen to all the criminality that goes on in the story. Okay, I'm.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not a cop, in this one. I'm so I don't. I
2: think one. a 211 is breaking and entering. She walks in the bear's house without permission. She didn't eat their food. She didn't. Goldilocks been in these people or been in these animals' house clowning, right? And then when they come home, oh, there's somebody sleeping in my bed and she's still there, and oh, isn't that just a great children's story? Provided the roles being reversed, I mean, basically the man was sitting at home eating ice cream, and I get like you could, and I hate to say it. But understand what I'm saying whenever I say it. He was the perfect victim because he was perfect. He was what I was. He was an accountant, right? He was responsible. He was church going. Try to throw the stuff out there about the weed because he had ADD or whatever. No. How in the world can you come into a place not know where you are and you're a cop you don't trust she, she never tried to retreat turn on the light she didn't try to figure out anything i just shot to kill him yeah. i shot to kill him and then at the same time the dude over in fort worth mm. i mean i don't i don't i I mean, I'm trying to find the words. No, because, I mean, just
1: a good be some quick, a uh, quick jumping on that, man. I, I've I've had discussions with people who, who don't think race was involved in that one. And like you said, if the situation was reversed, all I
2: can say is this: after the fact, you hear about how the officer involved in the situation was scared for their life. What I want to know, like what I want one of the good cops to tell
1: me,-huh,
2: right? Because all oh, they're good cops and bad cops and right The bad cops just make it bad for the good cops and, <laughs> You know, I mean, I hear a lot of noise, right but tell me why I can look up on Facebook or not Facebook, YouTube any given day and I can see probably literally, Hundreds of videos where white citizens are engaged in physical fights with police, no guns are drawn. Yes, it's, it's hands all the way, hands all the way. When they come to my folks, nah, son. I mean. My thing is that even if you look at, like, in in the case of Tamir Rice, 12-year-old kid, guy gets out of the car, four seconds, Ohio is an open carry state, right? Is it not? No, it is. It's an open carry state. So even if he was someone with a gun, technically he was legally, uh, I mean, like, you've got to see if he's got the right paperwork, but you can't determine that if you shoot them in four seconds right like i don't believe that a lot of the people are as scared as they say it's become the company line and the fact of the matter is that at a certain point as a society uh we may have to pay for all this looking the other way in terms of well my safety because i believe at this point it's everybody's responsibility to speak up and say something. It has no, it has no difference. You know, like all these cases, like when I think about Sandra Bland, mm. I think the fact of the matter is at yeah, a certain a point, one. the dude felt disrespected because she was in her car and smoking or whatever. Like the fact that he had to ask his boss, you could see it on the dash cam video. Well, what should I charge her with? Homie, if you don't don't know, know, she shouldn't
1: go. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I
2: mean, like, you got your feelings hurt because you needed to be respected. Yep. And so I think there's some of that.
1: And how much does that tie into take it back 300 years? I mean,
2: again, and then all of it, I think as a black person, I have always known that I have needed to act a certain way. Because fair or unfair, that cop has the potential to take his bad day out on me Mm -hmm. and it would be my fault. Yep. Well, why'd you make him mad? You know, well, why is he to the point already where he's disrespecting me and, and some of the other things that you see some of these people do? All I'm saying is this, right? If... Your job is to hold people, law enforcement, enforce the laws. How come they don't police themselves? How come, you know, uh, please, if you have information about a crime or this and that, but then whenever something like this happens, it's the thin blue line. Well, police code of silence and all this other stuff where they, where it's known that they're shutting down and they're closing their ranks to keep Something from, well, what makes you better than me? Because we all citizens, like we all do different stuff, right? And I just think just the fact of the matter is that to have to see, you know, I mean, there's, there's part of it. I just kind of feel like, you know, do you ever get the feeling from watching TV, like somebody is trying to get a reaction out of the American people? just period like we're at each other's throats oh yeah it shit's like a powder keg well, yeah
1: and it could blow at, up. Any, at any at any moment i mean i mean we have a set we have a separatist society Like, and again have-
2: the person that's so hot in a biscuit about getting foreigners out of our borders married to a foreigner from a region of one of our long time cold war adversaries
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i'm like how does like how do the people that support him look past everything that says that i mean you know just kind of all of it like i just feel like it's ironic and that her and her parents they were able to get their citizenship papers before the law changed, and now yeah. it's going to be more. I'm gonna borrow a line from Paul
1: Mooney because he got the complexion for the protection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you know if 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 I if, mean, if if i uh, a little iota of any of this was going on with Barack, and I'm not here to defend Barack Obama, he was the greatest president or anything, but just making a comparison. I mean, yeah, I'm just, he would have probably been impeached a minute ago.
2: I'm just saying, like all of it, like I said, and then. Here's the thing. You see how, uh, old Vlad he didn't get down with with Obama, right? No, no, not at all. Why is he pimp tight with your boy? I mean, but <laughs> but you know what? Vlad ain't got to worry about reelection. He ain't got to worry about being reelected. Nope. I mean, they got a whole other set of rules on. He's at the top of the. He ain't going.
1: <laughs> nowhere before we move on real quick let me ask you and a, a real quick response because I want to keep us going um the the, the election coming up mm-hmm. do you feel there's anyone on the other side that can beat Trump
2: of the Democrats mm-hmm. no man I mean the greatest thing that the Republicans have against the Democrats is the us against them mentality. I mean, it literally, I feel like, has become, you know, when you look, I mean, you have some minorities who support Republicans, but overall, Republicans are like the party of white people and Democrats, liberals, are everybody else because we have a two-party system. So you either got to go left or right. And so that's the thing. So, yeah, I mean. It's over with. I mean, (laughs) they, they may have somebody come out of the, but I think, you know, again, the game that they're playing over there is, you know, which I kind of looked at some of the stuff again, as, uh, Hitler was making his way through the ranks, just how he was able to manipulate different situations. I mean, the fact that his behavior is outlandish as it is. Right. And he can expect to be defended from members of his party and folks are just like nobody's pumping the brakes to say, hey, this is really freaking crazy. Like yeah. this is I mean, to me, I feel like with this presidency, I need to go back and watch the Manchurian candidate.
1: <laughs> A great movie. Um, if you had to choose one on the Democrat side, who would you pick? Not that you're you're endorsing them or anything, but just like if to you had be to. Be
2: honest, man. I, I I haven't even started watching it yet. Okay. Okay.
1: Honest. No problem. Well, let's move on. Let's move on uh, to our last pillar, which um, you know we touched on a lot of things. So let's let's make this one brief, um, in, mm-hmm. unless you're extremely passionate about it, and that's fine as well. But it's spirituality slash religion. Where mm-hmm. do you, where do you stand on that? What what does the James household look like? Um, is it something that's big in your life, and, and just your thoughts as far as society goes on on it as well?
2: I mean, it's so crazy. Like I I honestly I cannot even put into words the whole thing on religion, I mean, because uh, I, you know, I just kind of realized uh, that it it serves a purpose. I will not say that it does not serve a purpose. But I just am not so sure that I'm just all ready to go all in like a lot of people do. Like they're going to live their life based totally, totally, totally. Like 100% based on and because, you know, and I get it. Trying to separate the belief system from some of the humans that have done some things i mean i understand i i think um i just you know i have an undergraduate degree in psychology and i'm not necessarily into uh, like i don't necessarily read a whole lot on the subject in my spare time <clears> or whatever <throat> but i think as a as an undergrad forming some of my baseline understandings and feelings about the world is just that i mean It's something that's there to help you cope because life is hard. We, as our society gets more advanced and you have more contingencies and more interactions and more transactions with people, I mean, you have expectations and disappointments and highs and lows and all that other stuff. Well, you need a system to manage your emotions through all the ups and downs of life. So that's where religion comes in as a set of best practices and and, you know, rituals and all that other stuff that says, you know, generally in this case, if this happens, you can expect this or it's probably better. I mean, it's a collection, I think, of stories about, you know, human about human nature, because I swear people talk about. You know, like they wanna wanna criticize certain people's behavior in modern day about what they do. But if you read some of those stories in there about what some of those people were doing, I mean, it wasn't necessarily kosher either by today's standards, but it's almost like because it's in the book. Right. Right? Like
1: now quotes on the book. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Now the book takes on a whole and it's almost like you know, you lose the point of the message, right? Mm -hmm. The story is to frame the situation so that we can all in reality or so that we can all hopefully start from the same place, right? right? right. Because think about how many different people come to a place of worship, right? And so, hell, you can't even get four people in the same household to agree on what's for dinner, let alone... (laughs) how you going to live you know what i'm saying like yeah. how you should go about living your life so i mean the story is what sets the table for okay this is what we're trying to do okay okay but um yeah i mean i i, I just have a problem with it because at times in the face of some things that obviously if we're looking at the ideals of the religion, this person in a position, right? Like you're a leader of a church or whatever. Right. And you're not, I mean, not only are you not living up to what you're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, you're hurting and harming people in the process. I'm not a Bible scholar, but Jesus was about the least of these very true, the least, and so I mean, what I see is not the least, it's the most
1: gotcha, gotcha, um, I did forget one of the pillars, I don't know how I skipped it cause it mm. it's one I'm extremely passionate about, and that's mental health mm. um uh, and with you having an undergrad in psychology, yeah uh you I'm sure you know you have a lot of thoughts on that, but mm-hmm. uh, just to make it just to make it quick so we can move on um. Not not to rush it by any means, but, um, you know, what's your experience with mental health? And uh, do you have any thoughts on how it's looked at in the urban community?
2: Yeah, man, it's it's unfortunate that we don't um, put more emphasis on it. But unfortunately, I just kind of feel like I know where that comes from, because, you know, you were for the longest time uh, the out group. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things that you just had to learn to play through, right? Like, that we didn't have. Again, growing up, I mean, had money to go to no damn psychiatrist. <laughs> right, right. Crazy ass. And then let's not get into the whole mistrust of the medical community. I mean, for Tuskegee experiment mm. and Henrietta Lacks and her. I mean, you have so many things where. Stuff hadn't always been on the up and up and we haven't gotten the best, the best deal out of it. But there are a lot of times only now that we have the education and the awareness and the, uh, you know, and the and the spotlight has changed or and, and the society has changed that we can talk about it. I mean, there are a lot of people that you looked at growing up, when you think about some of the things that happened, they were probably struggling or or they needed help. Oh, yeah. I mean, myself, I mean, I don't necessarily put it out there, but, you know, do I struggle at times? Yes. Even a person who went to school and majored in it, you know, for years and years and years, I thought that I could hold it at bay by, you know, being funny and engaging or whatever, but uh, me, my wife, and my daughter were watching this week's episode of This Is Us and they talked to Randall was or uh, uh, what is her name on the show where they were talking about Randall and his anxiety and that's the thing of you know like anymore now I know at times when things aren't going good that means I need to slow down and breathe because, you know, I'm working myself. And, and that's the thing. I think learning to take care of yourself, I mean, I think part of it, I think there's some of it, like if you're not too severe, and the only way you'd know that is you'd need to see a mental health specialist. Right. But learning to take care of yourself and, you know, that's why I'm always so excited when I get to spend time with you because it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff that just having like being around people and stuff makes it not seem so bad where you're like in it by yourself. I do better, I think, more in you know, kind of social settings and just kind of doing this and doing that, not necessarily, you know, getting weighed down by the fact, you know, because we've talked about it before amongst ourselves and even before the show. I mean, again, the pressure to compete, right? I mean, I think that's one of the things that when I think about why I stopped playing Football is in terms of when I look back on that experience, I think I was starting to show some early signs of some things that ended up catching up with me uh, later to the point that um, I didn't necessarily really just kind of get serious and go do something about it until... I guess it was like two years ago because man, I mean, I was able to make it through high school, college, graduate school never been the best student you know, just able to get by being articulate and friendly but I mean, I could not pass the CPA exam I could not I just, it just was two years seven fails And it was just every time, like, just the anger and rage that I felt. Like, literally, I would just carry this with me like, I don't know, a a barbell or something. And so I ended up going to the doctor. And so we talked about some things and we got me a plan going or whatever. And then, you know. I was able to get through it, you know, I passed or whatever, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that just, again, where you don't realize, I mean, and I think that's the thing, like how in the past people try to make it seem like it's a personal failing. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like it's a personal failing. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, please don't think I'm crazy or rambling. But your feelings, now, I'm not a doctor or whatever, so it's not necessarily medical advice, but understand we're all a bunch of chemical reactions. Like how you feel and all the things that go on inside of you, we're all chemical reactions. Tell me what they put in the food. Tell me what they put in the air. Tell me what they put in the water. So if you're feeling a little off and all that other stuff, It may not necessarily be you. It just may be you don't tolerate the chemical cocktail (laughs) of shit and the fast food and the air and the whatever that you're drinking that, you know, causes the anxiety or the depression or all this other stuff. Man, you got multi-billion dollar corporations playing games with the damn food supply. For sure playing games with food and in turn, you know, I mean, again, we've talked about it. You were talking about, you know, your situation, why you have to eat a certain kind of way. And I, you know, I talked to you about my psoriasis or whatever. I mean, I got to get a shot in my damn thigh that swells it up for like two or three days, but I'd rather get the shot in my thigh that swells my leg and walk around looking like a damn leper.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: when that stuff is what was on me, whenever you first met me, my elbows and my chins or whatever, knees, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. There's so much stuff out here that you can't necessarily isolate it and then for what they know now about head trauma and football and everything, like all the things that we do to ourselves and no, it may not necessarily be that you were an NFL player or even a division one football player, but just banging your head around. I mean, who's to say what it's done to you. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I won't necessarily, I don't necessarily know. This is the, the forum to go in deep.
1: But, this, is, this is definitely the form to go deep. well
2: i mean for me personally
1: <laughs> yeah i got you i
2: got I, you. <laughs> I, I don't i don't really know that i've evolved to that point that i'm just really w- willing just to share all the details but have i had some experience with it yes Re- mo most recently i've had like i said a down moment and and had to get over it but yeah i mean we shouldn't feel guilty because it's not necessarily our fault. I mean, it could come from any any one of a variety of inputs in our environment. So, well, the, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's 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 no doubt about that. I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of quote unquote conspiracy theories uh, that we could dive into and, and 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 see what the motivation behind all those things mm-hmm. are. But the 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 gist of it and the short of it is that yeah. I mean, every time you walk outside, any time you you know eat that Whopper at Burger King or whatever the case may be, every time you take that vaccine, every time you get a shot, every time mm-hmm. you do anything, there's something going into your body, so, and, and yeah. you don't know what. And you talked about the psoriasis thing. Look, whenever you're fixing something, you know medically with chemicals, there's a there is a, a balance. You know, you're weighing something. Okay, I can I can deal with the swelling. If it's going to fix this, I can deal with the headaches if it's going to take care of some Mm -hmm. type of ailment that I have. That's the same thing with everything you eat. It's the same thing with everything, every other Mm -hmm. chemical that goes into your body. But um, look, man, that was the seven pillars. Man, you went through all of them. We talked about film. We talked music. We talked sports. We talked politics. We talked society. We talked mental health. And we talked spirituality and religion. So now... It's time to get into what you do. So I'm excited to do that as well. So so hype yourself up. Get some energy a little yeah, bit. This is I the mean, second part I've, of the show. Um, plenty of energy. Plenty of energy. For sure. I wanted to, to, to um, a couple comments that Tim Osmond had made uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, still want to read those out. Uh, basically... Was talking about politics and Trump basically said that they do, or I'm sorry, politics in general, they do just enough to stay in office mm-hmm. and you only have two choices. Otherwise it's all a show. Yep. He said um, uh, also... We need to convert a huge black market industry into the mainstream and do what Colorado did. And this kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. I hear their schools are actually overfunded because of the marijuana tax. Mm -hmm. So uh, just some comments there. Appreciate you guys being interactive. And you listeners out there, if you want to be interactive in the show, be able to see a live show, uh, post comments, post questions. Definitely join the Minds Like Minds podcast group. Uh, you can get there through just searching it on your, um, uh, on your Facebook, um, uh, address bar and, uh, it'll take you right there. You click to join. Uh, I'll look, you know, they throw, a, I threw, a, la, la, la. there's a couple, there's a few questions on there. You'll need to answer. Just answer the questions. Um, as long as you're not crazy or, you know, don't fit the minds like minds group, you know, you should be fine with that. And I'll accept you and we'll go from there. Um, also show brought to you by Dead by Design Films. Go to deadbydesignfilms.com for any of your video and film services. Now, let's get into to what you do, man. Um Yeah, man. Yeah. At, you know the 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 cannabis industry. Yeah, um, I
2: mean it's it's going to be the next boom industry. I mean, it's exciting at this time um that things are getting together and forming up. But at the same time, it's exciting. We need to temper some of that excitement and get the proper knowledge. Okay. Because it's not necessarily something for the faint of heart or uh, people who are low on cash. I mean, the fact of the matter is, as much as this is a great opportunity, I mean, you just have to look one to two to three stalls over at what the competition is and understand um, why some of the things in the beginning are going to be difficult. And what I mean by look over and and see, I mean, cannabis is the killer app to big pharma, big alcohol, big tobacco, right? Comes, right. Comes, comes from the earth and everything else been around and, eastern uh religions and eastern societies for years and years and years i mean we've you know more indigenous societies that lived off the land understood things about the plants and you know flora and fauna and all the other stuff in their environment hell even the founding fathers used hemp to make rope you know up to a certain point so um yeah, I, I, I think it's here to stay, but I think the biggest thing that I would uh, say about getting into the industry is you're going to have to read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and you need to invest in consultants, i.e. lawyers and accountants. Who know their stuff? What you need to understand is, your uncle, Uncle Sam. (laughs) He coming. I want you. He's coming. Basically, he wants his money. And if you look at some of the biggest cases here around the legal, you know, cannabis, marijuana, or whatever, what are they? They're tax issues. As big as a gangster as Al Capone was, how'd they get that fool? Tax. Two sets of books. (laughs) Two sets of books. The U.S. government says even if you have an illegal activity, uh, homeboy, we tax income from all sources, legal and illegal. They're getting their money, boy. Legal and illegal. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. I mean, you have to understand that. And I, I think one of the biggest things out there so far as the education, what people need to understand is, you know, one, you need to understand the plant. And so I don't, I, I don't want to give too much away. Right. Right. So, I mean, I want to give people just enough that motivates them to go out and do some research on their own. But the whole, the whole thing, I feel like the hoopla around this plant is around tetrahydrocannabal aka THC which is one of uh the ingredients in cannabis that's psychoactive that that's what gives you the high right so if you have a plant which you know uh cbd or you know hemp or marijuana cannabis they got different names for all this stuff the difference between legal and illegal is if the THC content is 0.3% or lower is legal. 0.5% and above is illegal, right? What about
1: so 0.4%. I'm sorry? What about
2: 0.4%? Yeah, I mean... Is that the gray area? <laughs> I think it depends on who you get that day, right? I got
1: you, I got you. Okay. So
2: that's the first thing. And because... Uh, If you have, you know, uh, marijuana, which is illegal, you know, due to the uh, the Controlled Substances Act of 1970. And that's where we come up with the Schedule One, Schedule Two, Schedule Three, Schedule Four, Schedule Five. Right. Schedule One drugs, which marijuana is. It's hard to believe that it ranks up there with all the greats. Right. That it's illegal right to traffic in and you know you cannot take the ordinary and and necessary deductions that a normal business has because um it's illegal so let me actually i I have i brought some material right quick you came
1: prepared everybody yeah man (laughs) uh
2: shout out to uh dope cfo Which if uh, you guys haven't heard about Dope CFO, it is a cannabis accounting education program where we are a motley crew of about, I don't know, I think there may be 150, 250 people in the group that are EAs, uh, MBAs, CPAs, lawyers, all manner of professional that meet virtually and we really get down to the business with cannabis. So there is a group member, his name is Ryan Whalen, and he wrote a book, The Cannabis Entrepreneur's Guide to Accounting, uh, Taxation, and Financial Compliance, which I believe is a really good book and distills the essence of if you're looking to get into uh, the legal Cannabis game. I mean, he he has the main things in here that you need to pay attention to. And what's the name of that book again? Uh, cannabis Entrepreneurs Guide to Accounting, Taxation, and Financial Compliance: A CEO's Competitive Edge. I mean, that this book I believe uh, could almost be like a little mini text. 'Cause the way he lays the stuff out. Okay. So great right. reference. So all right. So here here here's the thing. With the cannabis accounting, the two major statutes that you are kind of dealing with are two eighty E and four seventy one of the uh, internal revenue code, right? And so two eighty E um stems from uh A situation in the 80s where a drug dealer, Jeffrey Edmondson, was convicted of drug trafficking. He sold cocaine. He sold marijuana. I mean, just crazy dude. So they took him to court. And on his tax return, he filed his tax return for his drug business like he was a plumber. So he took... Every He took deductions for bullets and drugs and guns and everything else that he could think of. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So then the next year, you know, they came back and they was like, you know what? We just finished it down. So they came up with 280E and I swear, I wish I would have tabbed the thing last night. I went through and highlighted just a bunch of stuff and I'm trying to find my place in the book. So Congress in 1982, I found it. Chapter 8, Cannabis Taxation and the Rules for Inventories. The infamous Section 280E states, No deduction or credit shall be allowed for any amount paid or incurred during the taxable year and carrying on any trade or business. If such trade or business or the activities, which compromise such trade or business consists of trafficking in controlled substances within the meaning of schedule one and two of the controlled substances act, which is prohibited by federal law or the law of any state in which such trade or business is conducted. All right. So in English, That means that what you cannot do if you're running an illegal business is take a position on your tax return that would reduce your taxable income, thereby owing the government less. It's supposed to be punitive because you're doing something wrong.
1: So you can't write off
2: anything. You can write off very few things, right? So Mm -hmm. now you know without getting terribly technical and right, right. you know accounting and, and and law and all that we have come up with like they they have you know section 471 and 471 governs governs how inventories are supposed to be tracked hmm. okay and 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 maintained on the business's books and so um, I was reading it somewhere Last night. Um, okay. So here is again from the same chapter uh, where he talks about the only saving grace is the good old constitution of the United States of America, which limited Congress's power to stripping a cannabis business of its deduction, but does not allow the taxation of the return of capital to the business, okay. which we know as cannabis... Businesses cost of goods sold. You can only be taxed on income and since income is your gross receipts, less the cost of goods that you sell, you effectively get a deduction for the cost that can be allocated to your cannabis products if you follow the tax laws and regulations that apply to inventories.
1: And okay okay let me let me let, yeah. me, let me break because you're a cpa yeah and, you know and i yeah and, and i know what you're talking about because yeah. i deal with this in 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 the mortgage uh, yeah. business as well but let me let me break this down and and, and kind of whip around to kind of give everyone an idea of 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 what um you do and 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 what we're getting at here mm-hmm. um first and foremost uh and, and i pulled these numbers you know prior uh earlier today but mm-hmm. In America, federally, it's still illegal. Mm-hmm. Right. But in specific states, it is it is legal. Like it's Right now, it's illegal in only nine states. Mm-hmm. It's decriminalized in three. Mm-hmm. Medically legal in 18, including Texas, if I'm not mistaken, right? Medically legal? No, CBD
2: is 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 legal cannabis is not it's not
1: medically okay i'm sorry yeah. i was wrong there just the cbd uh it's medically legal and decriminalized in 10 and 100 percent legal in 10 states yeah right now yeah. um okay so for everyone out there um just real quick just yeah. what you're talking about um is you you would be helping out you said that every person who's looking to build a cannabis business yeah. needs um Needs um, you need somebody who can legal be, representation, yeah, and accounting representation. Yeah, you're on the accounting side.
2: I think you need somebody. I think who can be personable enough that you can talk to, but then can be nerdy enough to get <laughs> to in know, here and read this for sure And he's showing me a book with to, with yeah. all the laws highlighting. Yeah, whatnot. and be able to translate yeah. it for you. So you're so you're on
1: the accounting side. I'm on not the, the legal side. side.
2: Not the legal side. Not, not the legal I'm, side. Not a lawyer. I'm a I'm a certified right. public accountant.
1: Right. So basically. To to dumb it down, you're you're saying, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that um, no matter what, you're going to get taxed on it legally or illegally. If you were to put on your tax returns and you file, because they're going to tax you for it anyway, Mm. um, you can still show expenses. Yes. So
2: basically... To make your
1: net income lower. Yeah. So you're taxed less.
2: If you have... An illegal business. If you're doing, you know, cannabis, uh, not hemp. Hemp is the point three percent or less. Cannabis would be the point five percent or more. And
1: you say like, illegal because federally it is legal. I'm sorry, federally it is illegal. illegal. Yes. It's so even if you're illegal. in California, yeah, or Colorado, right. you because, it's you know, still illegal for federal tax purposes.
2: Right. And so I think that's, that one, okay, let's go ahead and draw that line of distinction because Texas doesn't have state income tax. Correct. We wouldn't have to worry about that. There are some states that do have income tax, right? Right. And so you'd have to fill out your state return. So the federal government is not necessarily concerned about what revenue the states get, right? Right. But as far as they're concerned, the major bulk of the issue stem from people and their federal income tax return, not state income tax return, federal income tax return. Because as we stated, cannabis is still federally illegal. It's a schedule one narcotic. You cannot receive any credit or deduction if your business, you know, engages in the trafficking of, you know, illegal substances or whatever. But what they're saying is, okay, all the costs that you as a business owner would have to incur to take raw product as in you plant a seed, you grow a flower, you nurture the flower, the flower blooms, you harvest the flower and then now you're taking the flour, the raw material from the flour and you're making other products. You're making pre-rolls or you're making CBD or you're making whatever it is that you're making from this product. Right. You can take those cost cost of goods sold, mm-hmm. right? Because the money that you have coming into your organization is going to be derived from the sale of the things that you make from what you just grew. Mm-hmm. Right? Cost of goods sold. So, all the cost that you incurred to take this from seed to plant, you can use to reduce your income. Right? Right. So, now that's step one. Step two is if you were a legal business, now you get to take your other operating expenses, your salaries expense for your professional people, your marketing, your utilities, your
1: everything that you know, but only on state returns. Even on fe- or on federal? Well, too. no, no,
2: no, I'm I, I'm only talking about federal, okay. right? You're I'm, only talking federal. Okay. I'm, my only bad. Talking my
1: federal. Bad. I'm, I'm
2: not concerned about state. I'm only talking federal. So on your federal income tax return, then you would, if you were a legal business, you'd be able to take those other normal and ordinary deductions of a business to reduce what your taxable income is, right? And so, you know, without that, you know, without those buffers in there, right? Because, you know, the expenses kind of vary and they can be benchmarked by industry or whatever, but, you know, I think one study I read at a certain point, like the effective tax rate for, uh, for these businesses is like 70 something percent where, You know, for a legal business, it's like maybe 20 to 35 percent. So you have double the tax burden because, you know, the laws haven't caught up with the times. Right. And so, you know, I just recently read an article where, you know, it was talking about everybody's favorite thing when it comes to taxes and that how Sammy is getting his little audit project team ready. Because now oh, they're, that they're, we've they're, had a couple yeah. <laughs> of years of different states having the stuff illegal or, or having the stuff legal, I'm sorry, of, of having legal cannabis and, and everything else. Now, you know what? Let's just go take a look at the books. Let's go see if everybody is on the up and up following the law to a T. Because uh, if you've looked at some of these recent cases uh, that are in the news, I think Harborside is a big one where, um, you know, the tax court took the opinion, again, uh, their business of um, holistic healing or whatever, combined with the marijuana, they weren't two separate businesses. They were subject to 280E. And so the deductions that they took on their tax return, the position that they took on their tax return to have a lower taxable income, their business structure didn't support it. Mm. So they originally were assessed what I think a $36 million liability. They're calling it a win because it got reduced to $11 million. So that's a $25 million. I mean, I don't have a hundred thousand. So, I mean, not that, I mean, if if you look at my, you know, I'm in that much debt, but I can't get my hands on that much money. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of one of those things, $25 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, no, you just don't pull that out of thin air. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that we're pretty much up against in this industry is that you have to stay on top of uh, you. I mean, you, you have to stay on top because, yeah, they're they're calling the twenty five million dollar difference from what they were initially assessed to now what they're going to have to pay. But again, if they had the proper accounting, I mean, would they really even be having to deal with. With, with the situation to begin with. So and, that, and that's where you come in. That's where I come in because I am going to be by the book from day one. I mean, I'm a CPA with 15 years of uh, industry experience, retail, healthcare, real estate. And uh, I've done a lot of hands-on work in multi-location, multi-entity settings So in plain language, what that means is if you've ever worked retail and you had a problem with your POS and you had to call corporate, you had to call somebody in accounting, I'm the person that you talk to. So I'm used to dealing with the frontline people who interact with the customers and I have to, in many cases in my career, I've had to train and educate these operations folks on the financial aspects of you know their business that they're responsible for and um you know I think the biggest thing is helping people to understand how their behavior impacts the bottom line with just little things and I think that's a lot of what this cannabis thing is is if you don't get it right you're going to die the death of a thousand cuts For sure. And I'm going to tell you, if you're out there thinking that, wow, I mean, it's gloom and doom. Yeah, it's supposed to be right now because I'm not trying to paint a happy picture or a pretty story. The last thing you ever want to do is be audited by the federal government. Nope. And you're giving them a reason if you're in you know, a certain type of industry that they feel like is plagued with, you know, just items that they'd want to take a closer look at. I mean, I've been in contact with, uh, a person here recently that, um, you know, they were saying that they had a client and the client was looking for a CPA because their CPA was telling them some stuff that just kind of didn't necessarily seem to make common sense let alone apply to the cannabis industry and it was all well he didn't think that, that the cpa really had respect or whatever for the industry i mean i think what i want to put out here is that um i feel like i want to bring a level of professionalism from these fortune fives to the industry that you would expect to see uh, at uh, big alcohol or big tobacco, or, I mean, because you have to figure those are just vices. Alcohol and tobacco have no medicinal benefit period in the story. Cannabis, CBD, you get benefit from that. I mean, if you get into the science of this plant, because I know we're from that generation <laughs> growing up, smoking weed, what are you going to do with your life? We Makes have, you lazy.
1: This is your brain on drugs. All yeah, that. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, bunch of lies. <laughs> Internally, mm. we all have a neural pathway called the endocannabinoid system, and so what that means is your body has built-in receptors to uh, receive the molecules or the, the, the effects of the cannabis naturally, you're naturally able to absorb cannabis. I mean, I started off college as a biology major. So there's some of the science stuff as I was doing my research. I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, it kind of came back to me and made me realize, I'm just like, man, that's, that's why I graduated in psychology. But I mean, if you look at the people that are in this industry that are, that are able to get down to the brass tacks and the science of it, I'm like, this is for real. And the competitors to the plant have had a vested interest in making people think that it's evil, that it's that it's the worst thing ever. It is it is not. It's from the
1: earth. The earth. Think about Natural how many, resource.
2: Think about how many things you have to do to grain to make alcohol. What happens if you don't follow the process right? One step when you're making moonshine. Uh, you can blow the place up? You can make white lightning. I can't remember chemically what happens with that, but you're missing a molecule that you need to have. And now you've made like uh, ether or something like that. <laughs> and you're going to blind somebody. I mean, you know, that's from making alcohol. And then, you know, again, tobacco, we, we all know the story about the Marlboro man and cowboys and all that other stuff. So, I mean, this stuff. When I tell you, it's it it's the real deal. Now, because it is new, and because people at the top got to make their money, yes, that's why. Now, uh, you need to, you need to come to the table with twenty five thousand dollars at least to get started in the business, because the gatekeepers have made sure. That you know what? We are going to maintain our position. To me, and then, you know, when you talk about the social equity piece, I mean, I find it, let's just say I find it laughable that you have people, right, from these suburbs poised to make millions while people from the inner city are still sitting in jail cells, rotten with linebacker numbers on them from this. Well, it wasn't illegal whenever they did it, Mm -hmm. but that's not the point. And then if you get out the restrictions to be able to work in the industry and this and that, yes, it's a, a, a huge barrier to entry. But I just feel like this industry going forward is going to be the next big thing because I mean, the way things are going, you don't want to be sober.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a great, that's a great way to, to, to finish it off, man. Look, so anyone out there, look, it's obviously uh, a growing entity in different States. I went over the numbers, you know, in due time, those numbers are going to grow even higher right now in 10 States. It's, it's one hundred percent legal. That's only going to grow, just like sports gambling has only grown. A lot of these restrictions on things are are, are going to be coming off. And if you do, if you are um, the t- a business owner looking to, to start a business in the cannabis industry, this is your guy, man. Philip James got passion on it. He's got his knowledge going with them. Um, how can they how can they get a hold of you, man? How can they reach you?
2: Uh, what actually can I give a shameless plug here to an event that I am looking to support in the future. So, um, it's an organization that I, I met the, the head guy this summer and he kind of gave me my first introduction to cannabis, uh, knowledge, um, uh, at the Texas Cannabis Business Alliance. Okay. So they, they are having a, um, on November 9th. They are going to have a uh, a business a business workshop. Um, I'm trying to find the thing. I'm not very good with the phone here. So it's a hemp supply chain workshop, right? And so you can contact Trey T R E Y at T X C A N N A B A dot com uh to get more information it's a hemp supply chain workshop and i think if you have a legitimate interest in learning about the industry um it's great to come out to uh the texas cannabis business alliance events because you have people from different parts of the industry interacting passing out business cards um you know i think the great thing about the alliance is the last The last workshop that I went to, they had it at the Texas A&M School of Law in Fort Worth. And I was able to connect with a professor on staff and, you know, I was able to do a uh, or I'm going to do, I guess, upcoming uh, in November, a presentation on 280E to his law students. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I mean, getting to uh, share some more knowledge, and certainly as I move along in the industry, yeah, I mean, I, I want to be a center for knowledge. But yes, so um, what you were asking me about getting at me, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Philip James. Uh, I do have a website, James J A M E S C P A Firm dot. I just put the website up. Yes. Um, I got to get more details in there. It's kind of generic. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's out there. And then my email, Philip P H I L L I P J at James CPA firm.com. If you want to have, if you you have a question, like do a consultation, send me a note and then my cell phone number Four six nine
1: uh two nine four three two six six. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Well look, man, I'm glad glad to have you on. I know I know uh my audience out there uh loved hearing the knowledge and and getting to know you a little bit, man. I'm sure we'll have you on again as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I jump at the chance, you know. Awesome. This is so fun.
1: Awesome. we well, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week. Uh look, we dropped, I drop the podcast pretty much every Wednesday night. Um, and um Really looking forward to continuing this dialogue with you guys. Thanks for everyone who joined in on Facebook. Remember, if you want to be interactive with the show, get exclusive content uh, and discounts on merchandise. We did drop some hoodies, some Minds Like Minds podcast hoodies. So if you're interested, you got to join the group. Minds Like Minds podcast group on Facebook. Otherwise, follow me. On Twitter, at RL RLMelPika. You can uh, check out my page on Instagram, RL underscore MelPika. And make sure you like the Minds Like Minds podcast Facebook page as well. Show today brought to you by Dead by Design Films. Any film services, video services you need. Or, uh, I'm your guy. Uh, We actually have a 25% off on all youth sports until the end of the year. So if you got a little one that plays sports, you need a highlight package, some filming, get at me, www.deadbydesignfilms.com. You guys have a good one. We're going to let you ride out to some Frank Rashad. Uh, Have a good one.
0: I've been on the spiritual cleanse lately Can't tell the masses Cause the masses think you crazy They shady Don't come around me Tryna play me Cause I am nothing sweet Don't compare me to Sadie The difference when you elevate Your thinking You knew better You do better This ship is never sinking I'm always on the rise The first step is believing Then I execute the plan With the power of my breathing Please bring the mindset From all of your achievements God gave me power That's like even more the reason Plenty late nights Early mornings in this season I've been stressed By noon, so I meditate in the evening. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, my God. Where do I find the monsters like mine? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover for whatever you've been going through. Yeah, yeah. My God. Where do I find the monsters like mine? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover for whatever you've been going through. Been going through. You're going through You're going through